This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's the first strike, first look right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross, joined once again by Lou Finicaro. Lou, it's great to have you back on the program. I feel like when we have a week off from MMA, we don't get to talk. And I'm like, hey, I wonder how Lou's doing without mixed martial arts for the week, uh, like we went last week without it. But we are back in action this week. Alexander Volkov going to take on Biggie Boy Yarzino Rosenstrike. Should be a pretty good main event here, potentially five rounds. Uh, before we get into that, Lou, let's go back here in the last month or so here in the UFC. And a lot of times when we do these handicaps, we might like fights potentially to go the distance. And this happens, obviously, uh, certainly more often in three-round fights than five-round fights. And sometimes you feel like you might have the right handicap, Lou, but then you get to the judges' scorecards and you go, what fight did they watch that I didn't? How hard is it for you to handicap fights that you potentially see going the distance with kind of the way I'd say it's been sketchy at best some of the scoring that we've seen in recent months? Well, Dave, first of all, thanks for having me on. And this is a great question and a great topic and a topic that's been covered by about 3% of the mixed martial arts community. And the 3% is aware of a movement within the ranks of scoring. These judges meet and meet regularly to discuss how they're judging bouts. And there's been a movement within that 3% that the rest of us really have had to find out about. And the movement is that the UFC or score, judges scoring fights no longer are going to regard control time, top position, or a press against the fence as dominant fighting advantage hmm. when compared to a heavy strike, a kick, a busting elbow, or some form of violence that markedly hurts or affects the opponent. So what I'm saying is that what we're seeing is rounds where one guy is pressing the other guy against the fence and he's doing it for four and a half minutes. But in the last 30 seconds, the other person knees him in the nose, smashes him in the ear, kicks him in the thigh and wins the round. They're being told to judge on damage, not on control. 
Well, Lou, that's fascinating when you really try to get into it, because, again, this should affect the way people handicap fights, because let's just say it sounds like maybe for the layman here, Lou, that that would affect wrestlers more than anybody here in mixed martial arts, because a lot of times wrestlers are going to go for the takedown. Now, you might get the credit for the takedown, but if you just hold and have control, but don't do a whole lot of damage they really might not award that at the end of the day. Let's say in the Dan Ige fight coming up against Ivalev here uh, in the Russian where Ige is a huge underdog this week on that. And we know Ige wants to stand and bang. He wants to exchange. We're assuming that Ivalev is going to try to get this fight down to the ground. Could that in potentially a three-round matchup, a situation where Ige, even if he gets controlled on the ground, if there's not a lot of damage done there and he gets it back to his feet and gets a heavy strike, the judges might see it for Ige in a, in a round that you might be controlled. Uh, otherwise, be thought that the control was had by the wrestler. Judges are being dictated to and told to judge on damage and destruction and effect on opponent. I'll say it like that. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Lou Finnecaro, again, follow him on Twitter, at GamLou. Lou, let's talk about the main event here. Potentially five rounds, and we got some biggie boys. When you got biggie boy Rosenstrike back in there against Volkov, and we can understand why Volkov is a slight favorite. Here's about minus $1.55 I'm seeing. Uh, right now, Yari Zinho on the comeback for Rosenstrike. It's about plus $1.35 for Rosenstrike. We know Volkov wants to move. He's a, he's a mobile heavyweight here and we know biggie boy wants to throw and kick that's what he wants to do uh what style of fight do you think we're going to see here because i don't know that volkov necessarily wants to keep it standing all the time he can get some takedowns here and maybe control the fight on the ground how do you think this fight plays out stylistically yeah, that's a great question. I, I clearly, uh, I, I think there's great advantage in Volkov's experience, his size, his length. He's only about a, a year older than Rosenstrike, so there's not a huge age difference. Volkov will weigh 260, 262, Biggie Rosenstreet 245. And and therein lies Rosenstreet's issue. Yes, he's a precision accurate, powerful striker with knees and elbows and and fists, but he has to get in the pocket of a guy that's 6'7 and has a six-inch reach advantage is going to be tough. Yes, he's the Rosen strike, the faster guy, the quicker guy. And people can question after the Aspinall fight if Volkov's lost a step, and arguably he has. I regard these two guys, Dave, as just outside the elite five or six heavyweights that there are before there's a huge crevasse where all the other talent lies. The winner of this fight gets to maintain sixth position just outside the elite five or six, in my opinion. And I really think that it's Volkov's size, his experience, the fact that he's able to take it to the ground. If he does get on top, he'll surely thwart the smaller man. And Biggie's head... In his fights against elite competition, just like Volkov, they both lost those fights. But Volkov's been competitive, and Biggie has not. In fact, he's been hesitant to fire, and he's going to have to overcome that somehow, and that could be a difficult task. 
You mentioned Volkov, and again, I think you and I both see a fight script for him where he takes Biggie Boy down to the ground and controls, and not just controls, but does damage on the ground here and utilizing that experience that he has over Rosenstrike here. The over right now, potentially a five-round fight, is uh, slightly juiced to the over three-and-a-half rounds at minus 130 here. Uh, come back in the under three-and-a-half, about plus a dollar. Do you expect this fight to go long into the night, or do you think we can get a stoppage earlier than later? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we, we do know that in the 25-foot cage that will be used at the apex, these big heavyweights realize since May of 2020, 5% higher knockout or finish rate in that smaller cage. So we'd like to think this thing has a chance for an under, but with the way that Biggie is hesitant to fire and the way that Volkov is somewhat meticulous and deliberate, maybe not. You know, it's interesting. We talked a little bit just in the terms of the judges scoring here. When you look at a fight like Dan Ige uh, against Ivalev here, and this one, as you can imagine, for a three-round fight potentially, the over is really juiced two and a half, minus four dollars. So we could have a scenario, Lou, that we just talked about off the top here, where this one would go to the cards. Can you see a scenario that Ige could win via decision? And right now he's over a three-dollar underdog to win this fight outright. Yes, I can see that because Ige has stout wrestling ability and he is more balanced and well-rounded than is the Russian. We all know the Russian is favored and so does Ige and Ige is a desperate dog backed into a corner. I, I think that there is more value on Ige than almost any fighter on the card. That said, is there enough for me to take him? We'll, we'll have to see. I, I think that as we get later in the week, we'll watch what happens to the price. But I'm not afraid of Dan Ige. Yeah, and by the way, as we sit here, first strike, first look on a Tuesday, and we'll have this conversation in revisit, revisit it on Friday for first strike on VEASAN when we do our hour-long show. Let's see if that line moves, because right now, Ige, uh, plus 310 is what I'm seeing kind of market-wide here. So we'll see where that, those price tags go. It really is a deep card when you look at guys like Alonzo Menafield on this card, uh, Mike Trezano's on this card. You got uh, Fleece Harry going to take on Karolina Kovacavich, which I find to be a very – intriguing matchup here and right now Herrig is the, the small favorite at $1.25. Kovacavich of course back in the day we thought of her as a title contender. Maybe her best days are past her. She's plus money here. Lou what do you make of that matchup between uh, the little bulldog here and Herrig against Kovacavich? A rematch where Kovacavich won a really close split decision. Both girls won it back. You know to me uh, Kovacavich uh, she's been dominated lately, and, and she's pretty, and she's precise. That's her fight game. Herrig, she's hard, and she's heavy. So I'm leaning to Herrig. Yeah, that, that is exactly her nickname. It's her style of fighting. Uh, obviously, in my Chicago days, got to catch up with Fleece here and there. She wants to make it a dirty fight in there. Kovacavich would like to make it a little bit uh, less uncomfortable, if you will, uh, in the tight quarters here. I do want to get to Molina against uh, Zumagalov here. I know you have a take on this, and the money has come in on Jeff Molina uh, throughout the week, but you had this fight pegged a couple of weeks ago, right, Lou? 
Yeah, on the on the on the podcast about business podcast that I do, we released Molina a couple of weeks ago, minus one fifty, right when it broke. It was my opinion then that that fight uh, price was a little bit too low and, and way too much respect for Zumagulov, who was KO'd violently in his last fight by Manuel Cape, who is another uh, potent featherweight, fast, explosive. Now Molina is not. Manuel Cop or Cape, excuse me if I mispronounce his name, but he fights out of Glory. Glory has recently incorporated Brandon Moreno into their gym. That's James Krause. And Molina has been the beneficiary of being an up and coming young, bright star now working with an ex-champion. This Zumagulov is uh, deliberate somewhat premeditated. He's a Kazakhstani, so his wrestling is, he's tough as nails and he's stout with his wrestling, but he's slow as evolution. And this is a really favorable matchup for Molina. A very interesting handicap there. Will, before we let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Bout Business podcast. Tell the people what they get when they listen in each and every week. Each and every week, there's a UFC card. We summarize the final releases for our uh, business on the Bout Business Podcast. It's released Fridays wherever podcasts are delivered. And if you want to jump in and, and make some money, we track every release, keep track of the ROI. We're profitable to this date in time and plan on being so as we move on. And I want to sure thank you for having me on today, Dave, as well as let me mention the podcast. Absolutely, Lou. It's always my pleasure to have you on both First Strike and First Strike First Look. But again, reminder, on Friday, we'll be back out here on VEASAN for the full hour to break down this card in earnest. Lou, really appreciate the time and the information, my friend. We'll catch up again on Friday. Thanks so much. Good luck, everyone. Enjoy the fights. There he is, everybody. Lou Pinacaro. And again, thanks for listening to First Strike First Look right here on VEASAN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.